1: I am unashamed. What about
2: you? Did you ever see that movie? I still believe I told the you the one Jeremy Camp. Yes. No. How? I it. I gave you one. I gave you one job. <laughs> no, you I said take the initiative. Did yeah. you ever see it? Did you get? They get. <laughs>
0: But here is a.
2: In my defense, I don't know
0: about Dad's well, defense. But in my defense, I I got I had grandkids show up. My house was bedlam. It wasn't movie, lame. It wasn't sauce. movie night. All right. Well, look, I, I don't sl- see many movies. I was, right. so, I,
2: I, I, was so th- I was sleepy. These are terrible excuses. Uh, you know. <laughs> but I am going to watch it. Pathetic. Well, here is what happened. You know, I sent Jeremy. I watched the movie. I was. Blown away, and which, everybody look, I've heard talk about it on social media, or whatever, has said
0: what you said. I love it. You're
2: right. not forgiven. You should have watched the movie. <laughs> so look, because here's what you're I'm going to tell you. my movie, boss. I have exciting news. Well, you know, last time we did podcast, I sent him a text saying, "Hey, man, I watched the movie Blown Away. Let's talk." Well, he big shot at me. You know, mm-hmm. I guess now that they have a movie about him, he's turned into a big deal, <laughs> and. <laughs> So he calls me like way later. I mean he missed the pot because I wanted him to be on our podcast here. You just call him. I mean, look, this guy me and him have zero in common other than we our current wives are way out of our range and we love Jesus. Everything else, I mean this guy's kind of a nerdy uh yuppie high octane. That well, sounds like me. He sounds uh, like a great guy. Phil, you've met him. I uh, took him, honey. You don't?
1: <laughs> I don't remember.
2: <laughs> well, don't, look, let me tell you this. Look. Cause Show me a picture of the dude, and I think I,
1: I can t- say, do I remember him? him? Oh, he's on the uh, internet.
2: Look, dude. So, look. I, he finally called me back, and he's going to call he's us. He's got a
1: head on his shoulders if he made a movie that had that profound of impact on society, including you. Well, He's he, kind of famous.
2: Got, he has the Holy Spirit of God.
0: Yeah. He's got oh that.
1: well, that explains it all. And Look, he's
0: famous for being a worship leader. He like is a singer.
2: Well, one. and he and he, he's a very good. He tells spiritual stories. And but uh, you were
1: saying you're you're far apart as far as your upbringing. Well, yeah. right. But it, you're but you're saying as a brother, that's why the kingdom of God is so powerful, Jace. We we run up on people and we'll say who's that?
2: Yeah. I you mean know? I absolutely love this. A lot guy. of different types of people Look, in the kingdom. I have a oh, picture. Yeah. I have a picture of this guy. I wanna see I this. didn't thing. realize I had this. He he hunted the dog with us and uh That's a hunting picture? Yeah. Oh. So we'll I'll put that up on the
0: thing. Yeah, we'll get that for, to Connor.
2: But anyway, he's gonna call and I told him to call me during this time session, and we'll because look,
0: how do you know he's not big time again? Is well, that, he might, that and that if shame, he does, man. I will. Whatever.
2: I will throw him under the
0: bus. <laughs> they have a few snipes.
2: Now look, very seldom. You say, well, why are you recommending this guy's movies or movie? This guy loves Jesus. This story is incredible, and I love this guy. So. I'm just saying. He, he had a snipe. He's hunt, using snipe hunt. What is well? <laughs> I know times are hard. I work. hate to confess this. He started talking about us hunting, and I was like, "Oh, I'd forgotten to. I was like, "Did I take you hunt
1: Because we've been together many times. He looks so thrilled here, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Well, he's home uh, to snipe, of course. He's. There's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things happening during duck season. People coming and going, and you know, and we do yeah. take. Well, a well lot of I
2: want to warn you some. I want to warn you about some. He's currently living in California, uh, and not the rural part. You know, we've been to North Car California. It's awesome. So, uh, he might
1: officially be a yuppie. I'm not sure. He's from California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So. I went to Modesto, California one time and gave a speech on the city square in Modesto. They had hay bales and I climbed the hay bales and they had a kind of like a, a podium out of hay. And, uh, it's one of the few times, shocker of shocks, that when I was in Modesto, California, it was like coming home. Wow! I thought I said, you know what? I said this is a cool bunch. Yeah. So all the people out of Modesto, Same I went there in, to duck Same thing. Bakersfield's like that too. Yeah, never? we duck hunted and all that. But that's been okay. Hey, here 15, he is.
2: Fifteen years ago. All right, here he is. I'm gonna put him on speaker. We'll put, Jeremy, put him under the mic. Somebody? Hey, we're gonna. I'm gonna try to put you Let's under this mic right here. This is high tech. Jeremy Camp. Phil said what he if, re- he the, his first response was, "Yep, I remember him when he hunted with us." Do you really? Phil? No, I'm kidding. He said, <laughs> I, don't, "I don't."
1: I usually <laughs> don't forget movie moguls, but I mean, in this case, Jeremy, son, I just did. Said who?
3: <laughs> I know. I remember. I remember when I first came to hunt with you guys. I remember you and Cy Phil, were kind of like, who's this kind of yuppie musician guy?
2: (laughs) (laughs) So they weren't uh, bending over backwards to make you feel comfortable, I guess.
1: (laughs) I love it, actually. But Jace is really touting your movie. I haven't seen it yet, but I'll I'll get around to it.
2: Jeremy, tell us how, because I I wanted you, I said, why don't you call in on the show, because I want our viewers especially since we're going through the coronavirus and that you can't actually go to a movie theater now and you're right when when was the movie released uh friday uh,
3: yes yeah, so the movie was released on friday the 13th of march okay and the pandemic um, was pronounced two days before that no oh, so wow. hey we have a global pandemic so it's quite a difficult release time yeah. <laughs> for sure well
2: yeah so but i want came, we we out, yeah. And
3: it was number one, the number one movie in America on Friday night.
2: Oh, really? Whoa. I tried to tell y'all, well, these two <laughs> lame guys I'm here with, I gave them orders to go watch the movie. I said, because it's powerful, it's spirit-filled, and I know these people. I know these people this is about, but they gave a bunch of lame excuses. I, but I guarantee you they'll watch it now.
0: <laughs> My problem guys, is if I don't have a kid helping me, I don't know how to find it and Dad doesn't even know if his TV will show it.
1: I've never even owned a cell phone or looked at a computer there, uh, Jeremy, so you know I'm kind of out of the loop, my man. Do you have a TV, though? He has a TV,
2: and he's been watching the news a lot, so he came in today borderline angry, but we've gotten him past that. We walked him off the ledge because he's been watching too much news.
1: I'll get Dan to line it up on the computer, and I'll watch it okay
2: that's fair enough well jeremy tell us kind of in a very because i don't want you to really you know tell the end of the movie or anything we want people to watch it and i told you my two daughters my adopted nicaraguan daughter and and mia who's 16 now they were blown away i mean it impacted them i feel like it was a life-altering moment but just kind of tell us in a quick version kind of what led to you being having a movie that's awesome
3: yeah. So, you know, that, I mean, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, you know, there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears in this, you know, for two years that went into it. And I'd written a book called I Still Believe, sharing my testimony, you know, years ago. And the Irwin brothers who did it, I Can Only Imagine, um, they contacted me and just said, hey, we've read your book and we just finished a movie called I Can Only Imagine with Mercy Me. Um, do you think that, you know, you'd be interested in doing a movie on your life? And at that point, of course, I, I kind of went through the process before with somebody else and it didn't work out and it felt like it wasn't the right timing. Yeah. And then we met, I started hanging out and they, I, their hearts are gold. I mean, we sat down and they literally just wept with me as I shared my story yeah. and they walked out of there. And what I love is they said this, cause they, they interviewed me and then they interviewed my my wife and I said, "You know what sold us on doing the story is talking to your wife." <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, and look, say, don't
2: take this personally. That's what sold me on you. Because, uh, <laughs> hey, look, what we met on a golf course. I, I think you were playing by yourself on a golf course at an event that we did together, right? Do I have that yeah, right? That's and right. and somebody said that's Jeremy Count, of course. I think. you said who's that? I said who's that, and then I texted my wife and said, "Have you ever heard of this guy called Jeremy Camp?" And she went, "Duh, yes." She thought I was kidding. <laughs> At that time in my life, I, I wasn't up on my contemporary Christian, you know, music, which I am now. We talked about that, uh, which oh, I, yeah. I had missed out on that for years. So well, I got a question. Yeah. Jeremy, this is Al, by the way. Uh Hi, how you so, doing, so, buddy? Good. So
0: why were you playing by – were you doing social distancing back then? Why were you playing by yourself? I, I never figured it out. Because thought... you sound like a loner <laughs> now, kind of sad to me. So I'm trying to figure this
2: out. Well, we teamed – thought... do you remember, Jeremy? <laughs> then we teamed up. I was like, why don't you just play with us?
3: Right. I think I was actually playing with one other person. Oh, okay. They, everyone felt sorry for me because Jace was there, and they are like, Jace is going to show you how to play golf, and then I kind of schooled them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Remember
0: that, Jace. <laughs> you know what? I, I bet he doesn't remember I, that. I
2: think you weren't that good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it specifically. But I just I don't know. It it stood out as some people sing and some people play golf. <laughs> <laughs> some people make duck calls. Right? Some, some people make duck calls. Seen. I wasn't great either. But look, we've known each other for years. I think we met because you sang that night and i spoke but and you did but i say you sang you sang that night and when you started talking i remember leaning over and whoever i was with said now i like this dude because i could tell you had a heart for jesus and uh, i I was pumping you up pretty big here because i said we have literally nothing outside of that our wives are way we out kicked our coverage and we both love jesus but you know what that's enough yeah
3: exactly amen well my wife has been such a massive just support in all this too, and she told me one time because people keep asking her, you know, I'll kind of share the story, you know, briefly, you know, the it's about me meeting my wife Melissa, who we she had cancer, we went into the marriage knowing she had cancer, and I don't want to give it away, but
2: I yeah, don't to don't share, tell us too you know, much, now. but it's a it's a tough one, and bring yeah, some tough bring some Kleenex when you're watching this. Mm.
3: Yeah, and so you know, three and a half months into our marriage, she went not be with Jesus, and you battled through cancer, and it was. You know, the whole film is just showing just how we met and that kind of that difficult up and down of going through the cancer and then the grief afterwards, but then God's redemptions. So the whole thing really is in you know, the story of God's redemption and hope and, you know, his faithfulness in the midst of hard times. And so, you know, people ask my wife, how do you deal with, my wife's name's Adrian, how do you deal with watching a story about your husband and another woman? You know, and even though, yeah, you, she went to be with Jesus and, but how do you do that? And she goes, you know what? She goes, it's not about me. It's not about Jeremy and it's not about Melissa. It's about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so if this story is going to impact someone's life for Christ, why would I even care about my preferences or my insecurities when I know it's going to impact the kingdom of God? And so that's what her heart behind this whole thing has been. Um, And it's been, you know, it's been warfare these past two years of of, like production and stuff, a lot of just ups and downs and tears. And and so I think it was difficult when it came on the you know the, the theaters because it comes out it was the number two movie in america the whole weekend right under onward the pixar movie and it was doing really well then it got shut down and then all of a sudden i'm like how kind of, to kind of repent because i was just complaining saying god what yeah. are you doing here <laughs> yeah. and he's like do you not trust me and then a couple of weeks later it's on video on demand on anybody at home that's stuck right now can watch it yeah. and i feel like people can grab hold of something this hope right now of being stuck at home and then sit and discuss it with their families and so how do they how do you, you, how do they how, do
1: how sure. they get there jeremy if they want to to watch it well
2: fail people in the real world they know how to go watch it i think it's on amazon prime is how i watched it but yeah, yeah that's an easy way to do it yeah i mean which is one of the bigger ones well look jeremy look i know you you're doing a lot to promote the the movie we're glad you came and are here with us and i just want to say personally i mean look you're a warrior uh you it it wasn't it's not just a movie this is real life this is your life and i know it was difficult to watch that and to be vulnerable enough to put that out there but what what it has that i think is awesome is this is not a cheesy christian movie i mean this thing is an awesome production but in in the end it's real life i'm proud of it i'm glad we're friends and uh i do want to mention one other thing before we let you go because i know you and your wife have a a new book coming out yeah and i'm interested hearing about this because i love marriage stuff so tell us about it so give us give us a uh you know the news on that and then we'll let you go
3: yeah. First of all, hey, Phil and Al and Jace, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. It's oh, you're been welcome. Really, really fun. I love your podcast, by the way. But awesome. um so we wrote a book called In Unison. It comes out April seventh. It's a marriage book. And I think you know, it's, it wasn't one of those things where we went Hey, you know what? We've figured out marriage, and we've got it all down. So let's tell people how to do it. It wasn't that. Because they at all. would
1: say, "You, sir, just- are a liar." <laughs> it, it the Apostle was. Paul, the Apostle Paul, Jeremy said, "People who marry will face many troubles in this life, yeah. and I want to spare you this." <laughs> Most people don't even know where that verse is. You know, at First Corinthians. You
2: need what? to come out with a book number two that says, "Spare me." <laughs> I'm kidding. We did. We Jeremy, go ahead. Jeremy, Jeremy dad read,
0: read that verse at Sadie's wedding. At the wedding, and he I was did. Like, Boy, oh yeah. What a what a lead, you know. I know. <laughs> I'm here at the wedding, but you know, Paul, Apostle Paul said, better not to do this.
2: <laughs> you know how you get chills. Yeah, you <laughs> get this. chills at a wedding. Feel gave everybody a gasp. <laughs> but tell you us tell about, about the book. Tell us about it.
3: So you know, it just was. You know, I think a lot of what's we've learned in marriage, you know, it just, we felt like that God laid in our heart to do it. So when he lays something on your heart, he gives you the wisdom to do it. And, you know, it definitely was, um, I don't know. It was a special kind of bonding time for me and my wife to kind of write down the things that God's taught us. And it's very, it's scriptural based. It's about, you can't do marriage without Jesus. It's Mm. all about that. It's very transparent. We're not. You know, can't anything. It's very transparent And yeah. our fights and how we de- dealt with those. And I think that's very important because a lot of people feel like that they're alone in their in their kind of arguments and the conflicts they have. And yeah. we're all in this together. Yeah, you know? especially I mean, you realize that yeah. we all have conflict and yeah. that we're, we're all married to imperfect people. Then uh, I think you get a little more grace that way.
2: The you realize you're releasing this book at the perfect time, yeah, because oh, now everybody yeah, That's everybody's right. quarantining. and now look, there's so many relationships now that are saying. Man, we're you know we've got some issues. <laughs> if you want to figure out where your marriage is, just go into if a two month quarantine. If there's some
0: cracks; it'll show up. Well, I tell you what, Jeremy, I, Lisa and I will be uh, reading it for sure because we we do some marriage ministry ourselves. So I'm, I'm glad you guys put it out and and best of uh, so. best of luck and grace uh, through this whole season for you and your wife and your family.
2: All Thank right, you. I'll hey, last question: Has your shooting got any better from the last time you hunted with me?
3: <laughs> Jason, I think I remember you telling me that. That I I was one of the most safe people that you took out to hunt. That's all I remember you telling me, and I felt so um, encouraged. <laughs> by the by the way, Jeremy,
1: this is old Phil here. Uh, I will have to tell you, my friend, that you are the only movie mogul I've ever even seen.
2: I showed him a picture. I showed him a picture of our snipe hunt. We actually shot. Yeah. Pretty pathetic. Hey, is it okay if I show that picture uh, to everybody? That's the only picture I got of you. Oh, absolutely. It's pretty. It's pretty funny. You
3: have to show
2: that. Hey, Jeremy, thanks for coming on, man. I hope everybody rushes out and watches I Still Believe. It's an awesome movie, and they get the book, which will be on April 7th. And I'm sure you can probably get that. Through the internet these days, so. Amen. Thank you, Matt. Hey, I love you, brother.
3: Love you too, buddy. All Thank right. you guys so much for having me. Thank you, Jim. All right, you see you. God bless you. Bye. Now, see Look. how
2: awesome was that? That was our. Now, first do you remember him now?
1: No. I vaguely remember.
2: Okay, that means no.
1: Because <laughs> I remember you, the ducks weren't flying and y'all got out and tow, jump, jumping up snipe.
2: Well, you know, it was a weird day when we were hunting. You know, we're we're duck hunting. We're at the dove. Yeah, and. There's different birds
0: that migrate, and hang on, hang on, let's take a quick break because we went through our break and then you can finish that.
2: Okay There's different birds that migrate, and so the ducks weren't flying and I was like, I was like, what what are the? Those are snipe. So of course then you go. To the internet and make sure snipe season is open which it was are
1: snipe's fine eating oh
2: hurt. i that's what i remember telling jeremy when we were talking back to this story i was like buddy you're in luck the ducks are not flying but have you ever gone snipe honey which is was... like a joke because
0: like there was like this years that, ago this yes. sort of urban legend that when you take somebody snipe hunting, it was a joke. Like you take them yeah. at night or what? Yeah. I always heard that, but we actually shot snipes. So people would ask me; they were like, "We were hunting snipe." They were like, "Oh yeah,
2: snipe hunting," and I was like, "Yeah." Well, they're I hate delicious. to inform you that I don't guess I hate to inform you a snipe is better eating than a duck. Yeah, he's delicious. very good. Yeah. Oh, they're delicious. delicious. They're, they're, they're like dark a dove. Meat, they're they're a little darker than a yeah. dove,
0: but they still taste really good. Oh, they're fantastic. It's all
2: about the diet with birds. I mean, well, let me tell you something. The sports. Of shooting one huh. <laughs> especially in windy conditions. <laughs> Which look
1: what's weird is nothing moves like a snipe. Yeah.
2: I know I I you know, most people that we take, like Jeremy, I mean he had hunted a whole lot, but my whole deal is I don't care if you're a bad shot. Just be safe about it. You know, it's like I made a line on uh you know, one our show that we used to do when I said, Well you don't know what you're doing, just do it quickly. <laughs> uh, let, let's make this as pain free as possible <laughs> for the rest of us well in shooting i have a similar thing which is look when you don't know what you you're doing shooting wise do it safely because yeah. you've been we've had people in our blinds and i'm Ooh. like i f- really feel like my life is in danger i feel yeah. like they need to be locked up <laughs> for just being reckless <laughs> <laughs> but they don't know yeah. they're being reckless well because you you add excitement to a situation. That's the problem. And and that's what people are like, oh, I want to go hunting with you. I want to go hunting with you. I said, I don't want you to come hunting with me. (laughs) And they're like, why not? I was like, because you don't shoot a gun much. And so now I'm nervous that because in in shooting one mistake, you you can't afford one mistake. So like when I trained my daughter to shoot and my sons, I mean, they thought I was a tyrant. You know, it really wasn't fun the first few times because I was so – mean and rude about safety i'm like we would shoot some ducks and i would immediately look to my son and say why is your safety not back on i mean i and he's like it's been two seconds and i said there's two seconds too long you shoot and click that safety back mm-hmm. on you know and you don't take it off until
0: you're or like you're our shooting. friend that's right
1: the, the, the lsu ball player yeah. just set his gun up in the back of a four-wheeler loaded We're the right. dog jumps up in the four-wheeler He's standing he was in the front seat now, but Mm -hmm. the gun is just laying back out like that. Well the dog jumps up up in the four wheeler, pushes the safety off with his foot, his paw shot through the back seat, hit him in the leg, lost his leg.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's sad, and you know we've known people that have died, and you know accidents. Unfortunately, if you're going to put it in
1: the 4 You better make sure it's unloaded. But it was, just, that? It was it?
2: weird that he brought that up. He's like, "You said I was a safe hunter," which, so I mean, you could just tell I was saying that. Of all his memories to, to remember, I'm such a tyrant
0: on safety. But <laughs> the fact you complimented him says something. Yeah. So, what's the the player dad's? Uh, talking about because he has a ministry now uh,
2: branch i think is his last name yeah is it listen mississippi
0: uh-huh. He played he was offensive lineman for lsu is it matt i think that's right i think it's matt branch but we met him he actually talked to you yeah. he's he's doing a ministry now yeah he uh, is you know because he lost his leg but he, he's he's a great guy and and dad's right i mean it shows you in people ought to get on board yeah. with him on oh that. yeah yeah we want to encourage you to check him out that's and,
2: him matt Branch. i cannot believe i remember that Awesome. So, so
0: in the spirit of LSU football, there you go. So, Google uh, Matt and then see what his organization is because I am not sure I didn't write the name of it down. It says he
2: was shot by a dog; his leg was amputated. Now he, you know, plans to hunt again. And yeah, I, mean, you, I that was just some of the Google searches right. that come up. But he's so from check our area. Check him, Matt. Well, guy. look, thank y'all for letting me have Jeremy on. I mean, I we didn't. A lot of you may think, "What are y'all getting out of this?" Absolutely nothing. <laughs> this guy loves Jesus. Yeah. He loves his family. He has an awesome platform. Uh, you know, his music is a little different, but you know, I love it now. And uh, but I just know him as a person, and I thought I would really love to. Once I saw that movie, I was like, I'd really want people to watch it. Very few things in life, especially when it comes to Hollywood and media, come out. That's like really good. that's spiritual that will uplift well, you. life. When I
0: when I stopped by, I went by to the grocery store at Max yesterday, and so I'm keeping my social distance. Which now I don't know if I don't know if you've been in a few days, but now they got like the sneeze guard up that protects the checker, which was a pretty good call. Like when so you put your groceries on the little thing that the mm-hmm. conveyor belt. They've got a big piece of plexiglass that goes the
1: entire length, which is pretty smart. I haven't been to town in over a month. Yeah. Well, you hadn't shopped at a store in your life. I'm kinda like old Jeremiah that. Johnson on that one. So anyway I've already been to a town. <laughs> so
0: So anyway, I'm standing in line and and waiting, but I'm kinda of holding back. And the woman in front of me is talking to the checker and, and she's like, well, What have you been doing? They knew each other. And she said, Well, what can you do? You know, I got the kids, we're doing this, we're doing that. She said, But I did watch the new Jeremy Camp movie. Oh and really? It, yeah, and, and so it was funny cuz we had yeah. talked about it. this was just yesterday and she was like and it is awesome. She said you just you've got to see it. And she said, "Oh yeah, I've heard about it, you know." So I mean, that was just a random conversation in the grocery store, mm-hmm. but she just went on and on about how good it was. So.
2: One of the lines in the movie, yes, if I can remember it, he says uh there's a there's a line in it that says, "My life is full not in spite of difficulties." But because of them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I first heard that, I didn't know what to think about that because I thought, well, that doesn't seem right. But, you know, the more I got to thinking about it, either how God disciplines us or how God provides a platform for us to overcome, or even in Jesus' death, let's face it, Jesus' death is disappointing. It's disappointing that he had to die you know, that we're we're bad where he had to die. That's a disappointing thing. So you think about it, but because of that, we're able to have a full life. So, I mean, even though, you know, we all watched The Passion and it gave you the pictures of what was happening, it, it you're incapable of being moved, you know, of not being moved, you know, when you see that. So So
0: we're in the week of The Passion week, you know, as we're talking about the Good Friday and the crucifixion mm-hmm. and then, of course, Sunday, Easter Sunday, the resurrection. And I thought about today, you couldn't have, you know, we're going through and we're probably the week of the Passion Week is probably the way they're talking about it. And we don't know for sure. Nobody knows numbers. will probably be one of the worst week or two stretch of this whole thing we've been dealing with in terms of deaths, impact, numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, President Trump has already said, look, this, we're fishing to hit a rough stretch here. There's not a lot of people going to be sick. But I thought about all that's happening at a time where the gospel itself and the concept of the resurrection and the idea of the cross is more meaningful than ever because mm-hmm. it gives us that picture. And so we've been working on some different things for our church, and Jason and Missy do the worship for it, and we've been having to record some worship and try to plug it into our live stream. And so the sermon before the Sunday uh, resurrection Uh, the concept that we were talking about, it kind of starts out with what happens at the first of that week. And, you know, it starts out with this triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm I'm looking up this text, and I'm studying it, you know, and it's in all four of the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they all kind of give a little different take on it. And and the one in, I think it's in Luke, which was really interesting to me because I I saw it from a different perspective because, you know, they're like saying, Hosanna... King of Kings, and you know and they're laying down these palm branches, which is why they call it Palm Sunday. And Jesus is riding in; he's on a little donkey foal, you know. And, and but it was all prophesied about in Zechariah and all that, so that's why he was doing it. So you'd think this was such a great moment because of, oh, they're recognizing Jesus, you know, and they're seeing that he really is the Son of God. And so there's some Pharisees there, and of course, being the typical grumblers, when worship is going on, they're like. Tell your disciples to shut up. You know, that's paraphrasing, but this, rebuke your disciples. He said, Oh, he, Jesus said, I, if I told them to be silent, the stones would sing out. In other words, this is a moment. But what was really interesting to me was that Jesus, in the Luke telling, and nobody else told this part, in that moment, right after he said that, it says he looked at Jerusalem and he wept. Hmm. He wept. So, this moment of Hosanna, you're the king, you're the greatest, and he's crying. Because he looks and he says, They're not going to get it. Most of them aren't going to believe. I my mean, own, my own people. My own people. And he wept over that because he was like, and then he told a little foretelling of what was going to happen there when, I mean, they're just going to be massacred in AD 70 by the Romans. And so I really thought that was interesting that here's Jesus, the Son of God, in a moment where people were finally calling him what he should be called. But even in that, he realized it was mostly rejection because they Mm. wouldn't believe.
1: The context of 1 Corinthians 15, if it's preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? And he starts there in talking about what we got, what we received from a horrible death put upon God in a human body. And he ends it up by saying, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus, which is weird to say. I wonder what he was what he was getting into on his missionary trips. He got into a bunch of wild beasts trying to kill him or whatever. Mm-hmm. But back in that day, think about it, there were some deep woods uh, yeah. uh, in every direction that's worldwide. Right. Think about us, you 2000. You know, it's weird, too. Just, let me great. finish this. He said, what have I gained if I fought wild beasts just for human reasons? What have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Well, that 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 type thinking is still here. Yeah. I mean you got a pandemic, people are dying and you're like what are a lot of people doing? They're out frolicking and marching, getting together. Remember a month ago people mm-hmm. were saying, Ah, it's nothing to that, you know. Gathering everybody on the beach, yeah. party time. That's right. And everybody went in every direction and now it's a little more sobering when yeah. you look at it and you say, Well, what it comes down to, boys, if there's no resurrection of the dead me, you, Al, Jace, and all the rest of our listeners—we're done. If That's there right. is no resurrection, we are done. That's right. Let's take a break. Jace, tell us what you're going to tell us.
2: I was just reading in the back end of that First Corinthians 15. He says, because I think this is important. Because what happens when the coronavirus hits, especially those outside of Jesus, it reminds us as humans that we're perishable we're of the world and you can go quickly weak so when he went on to say from what you were reading in first Corinthians 15 and 42 it says so it will be with the resurrection of the dead the body that is sown is perishable so that's reminder number one when this comes out all of a sudden it hits you that oh I'm perishable yeah because you, we live in this I'm denial. Mortal.
1: I'm mortal. Yeah. We
2: live in this denial of you see people die, and you're like, oh, that's sad. But as long as it's not you, it's not really impacting you that much. Now, if you know the person, then you're upset a little bit, but you get over it. Why? Because it is not you. But when you're the one dying, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm perishable. Help me. You know, God help me. Everybody gets religious usually at the at the end. You're
1: you're 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 speaking on why I follow Jesus. That's right. That's right. But
2: well, you know, Paul is he said the body that is on is perishable. It is raised imperishable. Ooh. And I'm going whew. But just think about the contrast. I mean you think, okay, you have opposite, it's perishable, but being imperishable, really, the thought of that is hard for you to, as hard as it is for you to live that you're perishable, because we're in denial about it, usually, it's way more difficult to, to grasp
1: that you're going to be
2: imperishable.
1: Just remember, or, Jace, you're still a fairly young buck. I'm
2: you're, not young, Phil. I'm yeah. younger than you.
1: <laughs> Your whiskers are getting grayer every day. But okay. just remember this, when you I'm just giving you something to look forward to. When yeah. you hit about my age, I'll be 74 in about a month you say, what are you trying to say, Dad? I'm running out of time on this first yeah. run. Yeah. So when you're reading this text, Jase, I'm sitting here saying, yeah, without that, mm. I'll, without that, there is no hope. It dude. looms a little larger. No, no, it, no, the no, resurrection no. is looming larger <laughs> every day. I get up and look around. Well, I'm still here. Woo.
2: All right. The next part says it, the body, is sown in dishonor because you think about, the dishonorable things oh, we do yeah. with our body, yep. but it's raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, which is another reminder of what this brain, we're weak. Yep. And look, and these people that like, well, I work out and I'm in great health. Well, this may not get you, but at some point something will, I mean, you can, uh, what's yeah, your I'm, famous, famous line. Phil, you say people that say I eat right and work out. It feels that you'll die. Healthy. <laughs> But you'll die. Yep. You know. I mean, it's true. It, it's at some true. point, you're gonna be weak. There's nothing yep. you can do about it, and people are in denial about that. But this virus reminds us of that. No matter how strong you think you are, but it says it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. We're under, you know, nature's law here. We're in a place where, ever since Adam and Eve, I guess, were separated from that tree of life. You're going to die. The it's stats, just the natural way. It has raised the spiritual body, yeah, so the, that's all I wanted to say. The stats
1: see. that uh, our scientists give, the best medical professionals in the world, they say uh, 77 for a woman, and that's that's all of it. That's, that's your average age when you die. And about 75 for a man, you're like uh, 3,000 years ago, the psalmist said, God gives us seventy years, 80 if, we, eighty if we have the strength. That's right. You're like, hmm. I Which wonder is, how they knew the same stats that we've ended up with. Point yeah,
2: of, I read that to somebody the other day, and he said, "No, that's that. That's not what that's saying." I, I, <laughs> it was kind of a weird. I said, "Well, I'll go back and look at that," but I'm pretty sure that's what that's it's saying. That's what it
0: like, means. Nah.
2: And Moses wrote it.
0: Let's yeah. take a quick break. We'll come back. So I, I was that text you were reading, Jase, First Corinthians 15 is, so one of, uh, Brian who's from Frisco, Texas had sent us a question, and you just answered it, so I wanted to ask it again so I could reiterate, uh, not only for Brian but everybody, because I've gotten some other questions said, regarding going to heaven do y'all believe our physical bodies go or just our souls? Because there's a kind of a concept out there that you don't really your body's no good, and by the way, this goes back to Greek thought, but Jase just read it, every time you heard him say the word it, if you go back and read First Corinthians fifteen, you read it. That what is the it? It is sown. It is raised. The it body. The body. So we know that in the resurrection, we the physical bodies are going to be retooled. And the reason we know that is because Jesus, on His resurrection, He was physical. He was who He was. But he, he was spiritual. But He was spiritual, and He I mean, had he, these powers. He had all sorts if of. If you're stuff. A Christian
1: well, and you physically expire, sown in weakness but you say, I, I, will, I will get my body back when Jesus returns because my soul and my spirit, it didn't die that's right. when I physically expired. Correct. It goes on to be with God. That's right. And when the sky parts, and here comes Jesus bringing all those who fall fallen sleep. in it. on So it's mm-hmm. just a, a deep sleep as far as your body is concerned, and Jesus comes back and kawoom, The casket starts giving up the dead and the oceans and all the people there. You're like, man. Is that going to be a sight to be seen or what? You think a pandemic puts people into pandemonium? (laughs) Wait till the sky parts, and you hear a big loud racket, and you look up, and here comes Jesus with all the souls and spirits of the deceased coming back to resurrect their bodies from the ground. It is so wild, I don't think man could have dreamed it up.
2: Yeah, part of what we're— I was talking with Jeremy. You know, we had him on earlier. Part of our conversation that we didn't have today that I've had with him just when I called him first time was uh, he said, you know, it's really hard. I've noticed for non-Jesus loving people to realize that death is not a problem to us because everybody's like, well, what's wrong with you? But we just read it It's because people say, well, you know, if you love God, how come these bad things are happening? But you watch this guy's story? I mean, he puts his faith and trust in God. Now, look, was it bumpy? Yes. But he's like, I win in death. I win in in pain. I win win because I'm in Jesus, and all these things that we're reading, he's transferring from perishable to imperishable, from weak to powerful. So why would I turn my back on the one who is able to do that? But I thought it it was an incredible— And I found
0: it interesting um, that— Remember the the text in Hebrews 2, like 14 through 18, where it says the Bible— Hebrew writer said, Jesus was made like his brothers in every way, so that when we're we're tempted, that he understands temptation. And we think about that just in terms of sin, but, you know, when you think about it, you go to the garden, which is—and Jesus is in Gethsemane, which, by the way, it was on the Mount of Olives, but the place, the little area he was at called Gethsemane was where they pressed the olives and got the, got the oil out of them. And so it, it is interesting that in that place where they pressed the olives to get the oil, he felt the pressure of the moment. And it, you remember what he told his disciples? He told him, he said, I, I pray, pray for me. You're here for me. I'm going to go over here, but pray. He said, and don't fall into temptation. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was interesting because in, we always relate it to sin. But in this case, what I believe, because of what happens next, he goes over and he just falls down. And the first thing he says is, Father, if, if there's some way to have this cup pass, you know, because he knows what's just fixing to happen, he's like, if There's any way. But then he said, But not my will, but yours. You know, and then he goes back over, remember a couple of times while well, they keep falling asleep. And, and one version, or I you mean, know, one of the gospels says that they were exhausted with sorrow. In the moment because they see Jesus he's the strongest man they've ever met, and he's down on his hands and knees, he's sweating so hard it said it it was like drops of blood going to the ground, mm-hmm. so I think about that moment, I think sometimes the temptation is for us is that we just don't trust it at the moment, and that's what he was talking about there that's what he was trying to tell the disciples Because yeah. he he that's as human as you'll ever see Jesus in that moment
2: that's why I brought up the line about having this having these blessings in a full life. Because of disappointments right. not not in spite of them right I wanted to read first John three talking about Jesus's resurrection and to answer this question in John three two it says we are children of God first John three two and what we will be has not yet been made known because it's hard to wrap your head around an imperishable Our glorified buddy yeah it, it, so you know it's okay and i'm i'm open to how people interpret exactly how that's going to be kind of like heaven we got a pretty good vision of it but you don't you you're not going to be able to relate to living forever in a place where it's temporary the laws of nature and gravity do not apply that's
1: why jace the apostle paul well, ended up that whole thing in first corinthians 15 when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mm-hmm. mortal with immortality. Then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, old death, is your victory? Where, old death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Give yourself yeah. fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Boy, yeah, every time a, I read that, a, I'm like, "Whoa! What a what a statement!" Really.
2: I'm you, now, man. He said earlier in that First Corinthians 15 that the last enemy that would be that destroyed— that brought tears to
1: my eyes when I read that. Al, I wonder why. The last
2: enemy that would be destroyed is death. I mean, what a statement! Yeah, that's why people when you when you find yourself in the Word and you read statements like that, you read no other statements like that, that has evidence to back that up. And we're so, talking about
1: death. So think about it, Jace. In the midst of a pandemic, they're falling on our right and our left. Thousands are falling on the right and on the left of us. But we take refuge in our fortress, God Almighty. Mm-hmm. And you say he's given us salvation, beyond, life beyond the grave. So we look at a pandemic and we say it's a rough one. And thousands are dying. But there is hope. But without this, I don't know where you would find hope, Allie. It doesn't
2: exist. Be tough. We might as well smoke some dope if we didn't have That's this. What most he people would drink do. And love. Be married for tomorrow.
1: I didn't we finish
2: dying. this verse. Yeah, no, hang on before you finish this. Let's take our last break. First John three to the second part. But we know that when he appears, Jesus. Here's the phrase. We shall be like him. So when the resurrection occurs and you get your new
1: body. We got a glimpse of him for about 40 days.
2: So think about what did he do? Well, here's here's a few things just off the top of my head based on Scripture. He had the capacity to eat fish even though he didn't need to eat. Amen to that. Yeah, I like (laughs) it. I'm all for that.
1: I like it. Me too. And look, but he
2: didn't have to because he was imperishable. So why... Was he eating fish? Because he wanted to. That's right. So, I, you know, the options are unlimited. I, I, that's what I get out of Can that. Can you
1: imagine the look mm. on the, the, the disciples' faces when they, thinking he was a ghost, mm-hmm. they still could not believe it because of joy and amazement? He said, yeah. Do you have everything here to eat? And they're like, What? He said, I'm hungry. Well, why would he do that? Can you imagine the look on their faces? They saw someone yeah. die. And three days later, he's standing there saying, I'm hungry. How about a little fish fry?
2: That's a good point. It actually proves why that he got his body back. Because the one thing he had to do to prove, because they thought he was a ghost. Cause he said, he, touch he, me. Well, I know. But even then they touched, they still didn't believe. He's like, well, let me eat some fish in front of me. So they when they ate it, he still had to kind of open it. They're staring mouths. at him. You know, they're, they're staring like, at him. I think <laughs> this dude is actually back. Because, <laughs> yeah, I would think it was his cousin. Did he have a twin? You know, but he was also able to shape shift something you've only seen previously before Jesus that we've seen. On oh, movies. Or, you know, yeah, Star Trek. Star Trek, or, You know, he's a shapeshifter. He was walking those guys with, on the road to Emmaus, and it says he kept himself from being... Revealed, so they start talking to him. Well, think how much fun you're gonna have with that. <laughs> you know, what I mean, you look one way, and, and, then, whoop, and then, and then right at another. the
0: last second, they saw who he was, and he was gone. Oh, yeah, so it, then he's got the power to vanish.
2: You know, like when they have the old beam me up, Scotty, and you literally, I, I'm,
1: I'm telling y'all, I'm really looking forward to this resurrected <laughs> yeah. body because I'm thinking, man, well, look, so is there duck hunting in uh, heaven? I said, I don't care. Well, just yeah. think
0: of all the fun you have messing
1: with people. You're well, look, showing up. You're disappearing. You know, you're people talking about building walls and all this.
2: He actually, they had the doors locked, and then he just appeared. So, but you think of what you're weeding out so far, just of what we now anal- we've analyzed. There's no walls in heaven because you you can go through the wall, yeah. even though you have a body. Dimensional. Control. There's no clocks. No, because if you're imperishable, well, time now has no longer. It has ceased. That yeah. that there's no, there'll be no clocks, no clocks. no clocks, you, no, you, no calendars. Yeah, you know, that's where some of these
1: movies that you see, Hollywood, yada yada yada. I don't take, have a watch even now on Earth. Never owned one, <laughs> but when I get well, you to were heaven, ahead of your time, you were, I'm ahead right. of my time. You I know what it's like to not go by the, the, the principle clock. is right. But you remember sure.
2: uh, Peter Pan, Hook? You know you saw that movie, right? Hook. No,
1: are you kidding? No.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, that's a good one. You need to go watch that. All right, right after you watch, I still believe. Yeah,
1: hold your breath watch, and wait for that. I'm gonna start calling Jace Jace the movie man. <laughs> <laughs> movie man. I didn't mean, seen he, Peter Pan, but look, they had this
2: principle. I haven't seen it either. I the think. what? The evil guy, Captain Hook. I know that. He, I'm familiar with the story. Look, he had an obsession with clocks. Anytime he heard a clock, he would smash it. Well, look, no. Here's what Hollywood is doing. That that's that's the nature of mankind. We don't like a clock. Because it reminds you that you're perishable. Maybe that's why so, I don't have one. But listen to this. You're Captain Hook. But Peter Pan had a special set of powers where he didn't age. All right? Because what? They're selling you on the same principle they're trying to. There may be a way to live forever. But listen to this. Here's my favorite part of Peter Pan, which is what I'm applying to this lesson today. He had to find a happy thought to where he could fly. Because he could fly. And so, because who doesn't want to fly? Where do they get that from? First Thessalonians 4, we meet the Lord in there. You can't fly without Jesus. But they're like, well, if you come up with a happy thought. Well, the happy thought was his relationship with his parents see the son mm-hmm. or these are all spiritual principles it's, it's a spiritual so Peter Pan is a Bible story I never no, knew that no they never mentioned the Bible oh okay but I'm telling they took thought the you were really take us
0: to a good place there, no,
2: somebody around there took those principles and tried to apply them you know to this to the story but I'm saying you can have be get those principles for real Yep. You can fly. Your happy thought is, I'm a son of God. Because Jesus flew. He yeah, left here. He you will fly. You will live forever. And guess what? You won't have to smash the clocks. God's already smashed them. Yep. So there you go. Peter, I like your logic. Peter guys. Pan.
0: Well. Peter Pan. I never would have made that link. Did for
1: a redneck, old Jason gets into pretty
0: deep stuff. Oh, he does. Time. He he he'll ride in on the
1: Peter Pan. He's a movie
0: man. Yeah. He's a movie man.
1: Well, I'm proud to have both of y'all as sons. I'll tell you that. We'll all gather up one day and we we'll say good night. While well, that we were discussing, look at this. That's exactly right. Well, watch
2: Peter Pan as the undercard. For I still believe because that's that that will be the. I'll the say, say something like,
1: match. Jace, By the way, the Lord's told us, told me that." There's some planets out there that were just like Earth, but there's no one on them, yeah. Except us, and we'll be there forever. And they claim that the ducks are there by the thousands, by That's the millions. Right. Well, and I just never run out of them. As duck we, season never ends. That's as, what happens as we like.
0: sign off in the resurrection season because we really focus on a lot at, at Easter time, and but it's important at all times. But Dad just made a great point. Um, I know there's a lot of young men that. That uh, listen to and watch our podcast and so I would just encourage you guys to live in such a way that you know maybe when your dad gets to be 74 and you're 55 and 50 you'd be able to sit around a table and talk about the Bible and have a relationship that looks forward to eternity it can't so be. that's a great challenge Amen. for you so love it that you guys are part of our unashamed uh, but thank I'm you, only Ryan. 45 yeah right you keep going back he's Peter Pan
2: because I have a happy thought
1: it seemed like yesterday when y'all showed up yeah but Lord. We're old now. you know when you're on the clock it does pass fast it does but what it's, it's James just a number what i'm saying is a vapor it's just yeah. a number
2: death is not a problem that's
0: right so we're so glad you guys were with us today you can subscribe on itunes or spotify or youtube or facebook and be sure and rate us on itunes so that other people can know about the podcast